Oh my goodness. Welcome to Cheers to Leaving, guys. I'm Molly and I have lots of opinions. <laughs> I'm Rachel and I have so many opinions. <laughs> we have lots of hot takes. And today we're going to talk about a lot of hot takes. But first, because it's been a while since we've done an episode with no guests, let's do a check in. So, Rachel, how's the deconstruction going? How's your life? How do you feel? Oh, okay. Um,. I feel pretty good for the most part. Um, yeah, I don't feel plagued by deconstruction as of late. I feel pretty good, pretty solid. Um, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you doing anything differently to kind of like help you move toward a place of like more neutrality? Because it sounds like you're like more neutral now. Like found like some neutral ground. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I th- I think I get. I guess I'm doing the inner work, uh, as we would say. To I don't know. Just sort of like not let myself get so angry or triggered, um, or um, I don't know. I I feel like I'm just sort of like in this mindset of le- like just being with it right now. I guess if that makes sense. Like just letting it. Like, wherever I'm at on my deconstruction journey, I'm not trying to rush it like I feel like I have in the past. Like, I feel like in the past I've been like, okay, I need to heal. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like, I need to make sure that I'm uh, making this stuff happen. Um, And I guess I've come to the realization that it's not going to be fast and it's not going to be in my timeline that I want it to be. So I guess I've kind of just given that up and been like, okay, well... I'm just going to focus on the day-to-day and um, be okay with the fact that this might take a really long time. And um, yeah, so I guess I'm feeling neutral and I'm feeling like present. Oh my God, I'm like going to cry. I'm so proud of you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tearing up. I'm emotional. This is, I'm so happy for you that you found a place of like being with it. Mm-hmm. And there's no rush. And like this is the this is similar to like the work I do with my clients um, in the therapy space that I work in is learning to just like be with our pain and understand that sometimes it's not going to we can't do anything to necessarily fix it, but we can be present with it and we mm-hmm. can learn how to move with it. And, and like what you were saying, like day to day stuff, kind of working through not letting things um, activate you as much yes. is so powerful, like just seeing like if like for instance if your mom sends you a text with a bible verse you know please reference our whole episode about unsolicited bible verses <laughs> and instead of just getting so irrationally angry being like oh i can see that this is how you're trying to love me mm-hmm. doesn't it's not where i'm at but like i can see that side of it and i'm not going to let this anger me you know yeah. and like kind of like moving through it in a different way like Taking those Mm -hmm. deep breaths, being present, the day-to-day. Oh, Rachel, this is how we heal. (laughs) This is. And this is where I'm at now. I'm not going to say that I might just, like, have a mental breakdown. You might. You know, I feel like healing is so, like, up and down. Um, Everyone thinks it's a straight-line trajectory, but really it's, like, lots of mountains and valleys and shitheads and shitholes and Mm -hmm. (laughs) lakes. (laughs) I see trenches in my future. (laughs) 
There are trenches. <laughs> Lots of road road or speed bumps and roadblocks yeah. and shit like that. But for now we're just coasting. We like the coast. We yeah, like the coast. What, it's less What dramatic. about you? Um, I'm good. I think there's some stuff that wants to come up soon. Um I always Feeling kind of bubbling yeah, and gurgling. Yeah, I think <laughs> a lot of the it surface. <laughs> a lot of it has to do with like me growing up as a missionary kid and um a lot of the grief that surrounds that lifestyle that my parents led and, and that we all led. Um but then also like with that deconstruction of my childhood comes all of the other stuff as well. And so I've kind of been holding back on like starting that because I know that I don't want to come onto this show in a full on like trauma. Like, I don't want to be just like trauma, 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 trauma on the show. I want to come from a, a healed, more trauma, neutral. Trauma, trauma. Right. It is. I want to come from like a more neutral space with the content. And so um, what I've been kind of doing is it's pacing myself with my own healing. Cause I can be like you where I'm trying to speed through it and I'm reading all the self-help books and I'm, I'm doing all of the inner work and all of the shadow work and um, it can become really overwhelming. And so I've, I've actually taken a step back from doing all of that heavy leg work with my um with my healing and kind of starting to be more present as mm-hmm. you are also doing um but I've done a couple of really interesting things lately so I've been feeling this call to removing all of my addictive behaviors out of my life and it's oh, been man. Oh my God. When you like actually start to realize how many vices you have that are kind of keeping you in this loop of anxiety and existential dread and um, not getting what you want because you keep going after like something that's more of an impulse than it is intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, So I realize I have really bad impulse control issues around. Drum roll, please. Love and relationships, mm-hmm. social media, and I have a lot of other ones, but those are the two I'm working on right now. <laughs> and a lot more. <laughs> yeah, let's say sugar, salt, caffeine. I did get rid of caffeine. I'm not ingesting like coffee as much as I was anymore. Um, oh God, I love coffee. I, love I do too, so much. but it makes me hella anxious. Um, mm. Even if you just do one cup. Yeah. It's Damn. I'm that sensitive to it now. So I've um I switched it out for like green tea and like just like teas that have like a lower caffeine content and like I'm slowly working my way down from that. Yeah, it's hard but to just it's quit. so hard. I did go cold turkey off of social media. Um I still have to work run my boss's like social media account for work, but I don't want to Facebook sc- group. Right. And I go onto the Facebook group like once a week right now. But it has been such a lovely break to not... My phone is dry. That that shit will make you anxious, too. Oh, my God. Like, even if it's positive stuff, it's just so much. And it's Well, and it's time-consuming because you'll start scrolling. Yeah, the doom scroll. Even with all the... Oh, wow, it's been two hours. Even all the deconstruction pages and stuff I was following, like, was giving me a lot of anxiety, too, of just being like, I don't want to think about this content 24-7 because it can be heavy and it can be stressful. Mm -hmm. And it's like, ooh, I need to take a step back. So it's crazy, though, when you remove your vices, you feel um, 
you don't necessarily see how strong the impulse is until you don't have it in front of you and you find yourself reaching for it. And it's like, oh, holy shit, I've been running on autopilot with my impulses for years with social media and with my phone. And um, yeah, so that's been intense. It's been like two weeks since I've been off of social media and I feel so good and I love it. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing this for the next six months. Um, and then dating and relationships and like sex, that's, that's an interesting one. I think because of purity culture, two things can happen. You can either swing one way where you're like completely like asexual, not into sex, very grossed out by it, like no libido, none of that. Or you swing in the other direction, which is you're like a love and sex addict. And yeah. you're seeking it out constantly. You're seeking out that input all of the time. And um, I realized that I have like some serious, anxious attachment shit to work through, abandonment issues to work through. Um, and that kind of all came up in my last like dating experience, the last person I tried dating. And it was like so intense, so bad. It ended terribly. And it, it made me very aware of this isn't working. Mm -hmm. You need to take a step back and work through this shit before trying with another person again. <laughs> yeah. And it's good yeah. that you recognize that though too, because then you're just going to continue in this cycle. Yeah. I tend to be like situationship to situationship type of person. Like mm -hmm. I do be jumping around like dating someone for six weeks and then it jump in. Yep. And then you date someone for six weeks and then it all crashes and burns because I think when you're looking for a relationship and you're like, you have this fucking purity culture bullshit stuck in your brain where it's like, is this the one? Is this the one I'm going to marry? Mm, is that love yeah. addiction? Is that love addiction thing? Is this the one? Is this the one? And then you don't actually f learn who they are because you're so focused on figuring out if they're the one. Yeah. And so you don't see any red flags. You look past things that are seriously not compatible with you. Mm -hmm. And you just accept treatment you should not be accepting. And you go along with it because you are so desperate to be in a fucking relationship, to receive some level of validation because us as women were raised to believe that if we were not in a relationship or you know like that we were taught that like this was the only thing we were good for was to like have a family <laughs> and be married mm -hmm. <laughs> and even if I don't necessarily believe in marriage I think there's still that like that weird thing of like must find life partner right now mm -hmm. partnership yeah yeah I think there's something really beautiful about partnership and like I definitely do feel like I I do know I desire it but I also know I have a lot of other shit to work through and to do. And my life isn't even in a place where having a partner would necessarily be healthy right now for me. So yeah, I'm taking six months off of that as well. I deleted all the dating apps. I told a bunch of people so they could hold me accountable. I'm telling all of you so you can hold <laughs> me accountable. If I come on here in a month and be like, I met someone, like I expect DMs. <laughs> like Molly, you're supposed to take six months off. <laughs> I will just immediately shut shut it down. You'd be like, uh-uh, no. Unplug the computer. Like, <laughs> immediately, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, but, I think that's great. And what do you think that's going to do for you and your deconstruction journey? 
I think it's going to give me space to really work through the shit that purity culture instilled in me. Um, yeah, like you won't be full of other things. Right. I won't be just so distracted with getting to know someone else. I think it's actually going to allow me to seriously work through these attachment style issues that I have that were all based in like, you know, being a missionary kid and moving all of the time and my friends leaving constantly and me leaving constantly. And so it's always feeling like people I love are going to leave me. And then um, that like whole abandonment complex. And then also like learning how to date to get to know somebody and to get to know myself, not to marry. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be the biggest piece. I've already noticed it there. Like I'm telling you, people are still pursuing me. That hasn't stopped. So it's like, but now the way I'm approaching it is so different because I'm like, well, I'm not dating for six months. So I'm actually going to get to know them. And then you realize like very quickly, oh, like this isn't someone that I would actually want to date mm-hmm. because that's not even your forefront of I'm going to date this person because I'm not dating for six months. So it's like, oh, well, talking to this new friend. Hi, how are you? You know, getting to know them. And then it's friend like, zoned. Oh. yeah, friend zone immediately. immediately. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, when you friend zone someone immediately, you see all the bullshit like right away. Mm hmm. And your brain doesn't go to that weird loopy place where you're like already picturing yourself in a wedding dress. Like, <laughs> what is that all about? Like, please tell me because I want it to not happen anymore. Social constructs. <laughs> I'm telling you. All oh, right. Well, that's God. where I'm at with my healing. It's a lot, but it feels it good. Is, it sounds like you're going in a good direction. I hope so. I think. I hope so. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> you know you what like I took you're just like raw dogging it you took I away am. all of your like bumpers you know in bowling and you're just like nope i'm just gonna throw this ball and chuck this ball down this aisle and hope it makes we'll see it what happens it might it might have a few gutter balls but uh... I, yeah yeah it might it might um i haven't stopped smoking weed that's a vice that oh that's so hard for me i'm gonna have mm-hmm. to but i know it's coming i know it's coming that's actually have a, said. yeah i have <laughs> i have a big plant medicine ceremony coming up and part of the diet beforehand is for a week before the ceremony um no sex no alcohol no caffeine no nicotine no weed no prescription no drugs. substances like no substances plant-based no meat what do no you dairy. do if you have to take a prescription though you can't do the ceremony because no. the plant medicine will interact with um, the medication you're taking. So That sucks if you, like, have to take medication. Well, if you have to take medication, you just can't partake in plant medicine. This this level of plant medicine. Mm. So it's the big one. The real, the real, it's the big one. stuff. It's the one that people, like, will go to the Amazon to do. The one so. that makes you see God or whatever. You see entities, yes. Lots it's going to be things. it's gonna be very powerful. But, um, yeah, so for a week right before I do that, I will be off of everything. And that'll be that'll a be lovely hard. experiment. <laughs> see how well you can do that? Yeah, yeah. Um, not for the weak of heart to go off of all your vices at once. So it's kind of starting slow. Yeah, that's good. Prepare yourself for when you have to cold turkey it. Yeah, I'm reading a ton more. Like, I'm actually, like, reading books and, like, filling my time. you can't, you don't have anything to look at on your phone. (laughs) Right. So it's like, I'm reading, I'm cooking more, I'm cleaning my house, I'm all cut up in laundry. Like, I'm like, damn, I have so much fucking time. Like, I've been reading um, a lot of different, like, 
stuff that kind of kind of goes back and looks at the way the Bible was translated and the different versions we have now. And when it talks about things like abortion and homosexuality and whether or not Mary Magdalene was a prostitute is all based on theologians inputting their own social agenda while rewriting and like translating the gospels. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because um, this book I've been reading, I've been taking it really slow. It's by Megan Watterson. It's called Mary Magdalene Revealed. Um, the first apostle, her feminist gospel, and the Christianity we haven't tried yet. It's really lovely. It's it's a beautiful book, but it basically it, it reveals a lot of that shit. That it's like, oh yeah, and by the way, all of these things that Christians are so passionate about, and they're saying that their Bible says this kind of thing. Everything, like all of these social issues that Christians take up in arms about, none of it was anything that was said by Jesus or by the apostles or by anything really in the Bible, it all came down to the person who was translating it and their own opinions and them inserting their own opinions into the translation or their own interpretations like pastors like already. Yeah. And so it's like a game of telephone and it just gets really fucked up and really confused. (laughs) Very strange. Yeah. It, oh my God, the Bible is literally a game of telephone. Yes. Everything about it is literally stories told to stories told to whatever rewritten over and over and over again because they didn't have printers back then and like all kinds of crazy shit. And it's like, you don't think we maybe got like some of this shit wrong? Yeah. Maybe. So now that we're on this topic, let's play the hot takes ta- uh, game that I came up with. So basically, what we're gonna what we're gonna do? Um, I'm gonna read off five different hot takes that I want mm-hmm. you to give me the first thing that comes into your mind. Oh God. Okay. So you're just gonna. Sp- about whatever comes to your mind, whatever tangent you want to go on for these topics. I'm so, so I'm going to do five, and then you're going to pick five for me, and they can't be the same thing, okay? Okay. Now, if you go on a tangent about a hot take, and then I want to join in on that tangent, I, we can do that, so we can converse about the tangent. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So, the first one I'm going to do for you, hmm. evangelism theater evangelism theater okay so like christian theater yeah like christian skits christian theater um absolutely terrible terrible (laughs) not tasteful at all um shit writing um no one should be paying anyone to see this shit because it's fucking awful um not even entertaining uh depressing and lots of killing (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to add to that. shit. Cringe. Just so yes. much cringe. So much cringe. And if cringe I hear another li- cringe on cringe. I can't li- listen to Lifehouse ever again. Christian theater ruined it for me. <laughs> oh, it's so intense, too. It's just absolutely <laughs> unnecessarily intense. It's like, why are we do like, why are we freaking people out about this? And why are we retelling the stories of people who died? Okay. I agree with you. All right. Next. Christ- Christians who make pop songs Christian. <laughs> Immediately no. <laughs> Immediately no. <laughs> I've seen so many of this shit on Instagram. I've seen enough of it. It's just a no. It's a no I'm waiting for me. to see a Christian rendition of WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> 
Okay, that I want to see. If we, if you guys, if you ever find anything like that, please send it because I really, I want to know what they replace wet ass pussy with. <laughs> Christians who make uh, mainstream pop songs, Christian, remind me of all of those videos of like corny white women trying to do the hip hop on YouTube. The hip hop. Yes. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> Oh my god, there was this one I saw on TikTok uh, as a rendition of A, B, C, D, E, F, U. Uh-huh. And it was A, B, C, D, E, Jesus loves you and your mom and your sister. And goodbye. Your yeah, and I was like, <laughs> no, no. Like, goodbye. Okay, um, so we're on two for you. All right, here, here's the third one. Purity ceremonies for preteens. Ew. <laughs> Um, culty, uh, disturbing, uh, should be illegal, um, sexualizing, yeah, uh, just overall barf. I mean, especially for preteens. What? They don't even, like, really know what sex is at that point. They don't, and, like, especially they're really if they're not super thinking about it. Yeah. yeah, and like also, why are you sexualizing little girls? Because that's just, I mean, I understand They'll that. They'll wear generally. like, it's like bridal dresses that they wear. Yeah, and that's what's really creepy to me. I guess it just seems like pervy because it's like their dad, mm-hmm. wedding dress, promising saving your sexual body to your dad or to God, to some man, and you aren't even a full-grown woman yet able to make any sort of, like, conscious decisions about these things. You probably don't even know what sex, like, enough about sex to It feels like grooming to me. I don't know. Yes. Grooming. Yes. Grooming and just pervy. Because also it's between, like, dads and like older men and like daughters like the moms are involved and i think that's really strange yeah it's always like some old man who's like talking about how important it is to like not open your legs to anyone before you're married like it's it's so weird and creepy obsessed with like young girls i know i'm like squinting my eyes so much i look really (laughs) strange okay number four hands on prayer like the laying on of hands during prayer um, no. Don't touch people. Claustrophobic. Six feet. Six feet yeah. back. <laughs> Social Claustrophobic. distance. Claustrophobic. Um, generally, I think of sweaty, warm hands. Clammy. Like, clammy, sweaty, warm hands. And then generally people are like sweating. So then when they're in that proximity, you just start sweating because everything's really hot. You're in a hot box. <laughs> you're hot and boxing everyone. You're sweat. hot boxing everyone. <laughs> And then people are, like, whispering in your ears, so that's really gross, too. Or they'll pray really loud and be spitting while they pray, and it, like, lands in your hair yes. and on your arms. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Everyone's and it usually breath. drags on and on and on. Like, and the hands get heavier uh-huh. as it goes on and on. Because they're, like, pushing your head down. <laughs> they're pushing. And so at the end, you're just sort of, like, in, like, a weird fetal position in a chair, <laughs> and you're sore the next day because... You had to sit heavy, for so long. <laughs> heavy, hot hands. Hot and heavy hands. Hot and heavy hands. Not only that, but it's like always happens like church. So if you're having church in the morning, everyone's been drinking coffee. So coffee breath. Mm. Hot boxing. Coffee, coffee breath. breath. Or someone didn't brush their teeth. So we oh, got, God. Uh, morning got breath. some of that. 
my morning breath too. Oof. Okay. Number five. <laughs> it's just gross. Don't do it. <laughs> um, people who read the Bible start to finish once a year. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? And then they wear it as a badge of honor. And tell yes, everyone. and you're really telling me you read those books where it's just like son of, son of, son of, son of, son of. It's like why are you why are you reading that? They're not reading it. That's my hot take. They're not actually reading those. They're just picking certain, you know, probably books of the Bible they feel is important. But they're saying those. they're reading the whole thing from start to finish. Yeah, and don't they have like little quote Bible studies that help you actually read the Bible in a year? Yeah, it's like a whole thing. Read the Bible in a year. And like I know I knew so many Christians who were like, I'm going to read the Bible in a whole year. And it's like their New Year's resolution. <laughs> and they would wear it like a badge. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Um, we did it with my dad during family worship. And let me during just say those. family worship. Yeah, those uh those Old Testament books were rough. <laughs> they are. At 8:30 and... in the morning when I just wanted to be in bed still. <laughs> Yeah, they're rough and like again, why? Why? Yeah. It's Yeah. It's almost like reaffirming like the brainwashing. Like you have to know the Bible so well in and out that it has you just have to read it every year to like keep it fresh in your mind or something. I don't know. Mhm. It's weird. Okay. It's your turn to give me some Okay. Let's see. Okay, number one, mainstream worship songs. (laughs) Overdone. (laughs) Repetitive. Over it. Over it. (laughs) Repetitive. Um, All of the same chords, every song. (laughs) Taylor Swift, but Christian. (laughs) No, no, no. T-Swifties, don't be coming for me because I am a T-Swiftie fan, but I also know how to play all of her songs on guitar because she uses the same six chords with slight variation. Yes, so does Green Day and so does Hillsong United. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Really, really, really unnecessarily long choruses. Yes, and they repeat the chorus. And the bridge so always the makes bridge. you emotional. Why is there even a bridge? There's always a bridge. There's always a bridge. <laughs> Caleb really started, like, and that's what we have here in Kansas City, but really Caleb. it was hard to tell the difference between each song. They all sound the same. You can't tell the difference anymore. And they're usually really dramatic. Yes. Oh, very dramatic. Very, very dramatic. And like the singer always like almost loses her voice by the end of the service. Mm. Also, because like they're uh, singing so hardcore. Yeah, they're really singing so hardcore. And oh my god, don't get me started when the prayer line is happening and everyone goes up for the prayer line and they just repeat the same hill song chorus over and 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 over again for however long people are crying and praying. Pick a new line. <laughs> pick a new song do some improv god i'm just like really grateful that those songs are not stuck in my head anymore because there was a time when i could not get any of those songs out of my head now i can't remember them so i'm grateful for that oh okay well your brain obviously must have like blocked it because a lot of weed (laughs) (laughs) your brain's like actually i just eliminated that part of my brain it doesn't work anymore No, dude, I'll be, like, cleaning or, like, just in the kitchen some mornings, and, like, they'll pop in my head. 
so often. Like, yeah. like a rose trampled no, on the ground. Mine's always like from High School Musical. Soaring, flying. <laughs> That'll come into my head. That could have been I a worship song. I will take that over. That could have been a worship song. <laughs> It really could have. I feel like Christian like artists probably took that song when High School Musical was at its peak in like 2007 and turned that into a Christian version. Yeah. Uh, also, Jump 5. Did you ever listen to Jump 5? Oh my God, Jump 5. Yes. Jump 5 will pop into my head. It's like that one little <laughs> jingle from like a commercial that you'll never forget for some reason. Cause like, but it's like, you Same keep spinning thing, but- around. <laughs> We had a great childhood. (laughs) Did we? I don't know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. What about number two? This is number two, right? That was still number one. Number two. Mm -hmm. Okay. This one. Um, Long ass prayers. Like, what are they trying to prove? Why are they so long? And why is it always the prayer before dinner? (laughs) It's always the prayer before the God. It's always the prayer right before we eat that takes the longest or the prayer that closes the service that takes the longest. Like you could have done this at the long ass prayers at the beginning of the service when I still have an attention span, not at the end when I just want to go home for lunch or there's a potluck and I really want to eat whatever is I can Mm -hmm. smell coming from the church kitchen because like you could smell that shit. Did you guys ever do like popcorn prayer at the end of a service? Like our pastor would like <laughs> pray and then not end it and just leave it open for other people yes. to pray. And popcorn I kept prayers. just, I, my prayer became, please shut the fuck up. Yes. Well, I remember praying. I remember praying because in Mexico people be praying long as fuck and mm. they'd be adding a lot of unnecessary words. Okay. Spanish. Mm. It's like the most beautiful language ever, but I swear to God, y'all are long winded. Okay. So they're praying and they keep praying and then they're just repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And it's not ending. And it's like, okay, is this like an ego thing? Are we praying like big, long prayers because we want to pray longer than you? Yeah. It's like, I want to be the most holy person in the room. And I want to show you that I have such this like amazing relationship with God that I can just keep going and going and going. It's really strange. Yeah. But it's all they have. That's all they have. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, number three, VBS. Earworm songs that are always going to be stuck in my head for forever. Maybe I forgot the worship songs, but I have never forgotten. <laughs> Rickshaw Rally, for- Race into the Sun. <laughs> You'll never forget those songs. I think it's because we had hand motions to them. We had hand motions and we had to repeat them over and over and over again. The majority of EBS is just learning these fucking songs so you can perform them at the end. What was that about? Man, the hand motions were always so lame too. It wasn't even like real like ASL. It was like some other shit. But yeah, like no, lazy, I remember lazy shit. Yeah, lazy shit. No, but I like remember all of the VBS songs. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah, I don't think them. you're going to be able to smoke enough weed to forget no. those songs. No. Rickshaw Rally Ch- Race into They're... the Sun. It's going to be so fun. Race into the Sun has been in my head since I was 9 years old. Yeah, I think it's ingrained into your soul at this point. <laughs> it's a part of me. I can't can't get it's rid of it. It's who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number four, um, communion. 
the holy sacrament, blood, and body of Christ. Hot take. It's just so morbid. Like, the it's, whole concept of it is so morbid and, like, it's very strange. Like, like here we are watching, like, TMZ talk about how uh, Machine Gun Kelly and what's his new girlfriend's name now? The freaking Megan Fox. Megan Fox and Machine right. Gun Kelly are together, oh, right? Oh, drink each other's blood. They drink each other's blood. They carry, like, little vials of each other's blood around their necks. Like, they do, like, weird blood rituals and stuff. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, my God, it's so weird and satanic. I'm like, we literally do that in church literally that shit was weird be drinking some grape juice talking about this is jesus's blood what and And then cannibalism because we're eating him right but not only that it was always strange to me that like if you weren't baptized or confirmed in the church you You couldn't partake of the sacrament and i thought that was so strange because i'm like i thought we're all equals here everyone's welcome everyone can partake we're all here celebrating jesus but if you're not like a church member or haven't done like your baptism or whatever you can't take the sacrament and it was always this weird moment if i had had like a bad week with my parents and like there was like unforgiveness happening like i hadn't made repairs my parents like the sacrament would go around and we'd be taking communion and my dad would just like look at me like are you gonna take communion the way you've behaved all week how Mm -hmm. dare you like it was like this attitude of well you can't even take communion unless you've made right with the people in your life you need to make right with or make right with god too right right so we did we went to this one church for a while in mexico where um they had this whole like thing that once a month we did communion but before communion for like 30 minutes to an hour you would make repairs with whoever you needed to make repairs with before taking communion so i would be in they sunday would, like school. force you to do it yeah i'd be in sunday school and my older sister would like come into sunday school and pull me out and be like i need to make a repair with you before i can take communion Ew. I'm really sorry about how I acted. Like she would have like apologized and shit. I mean, yeah, that's it was like nice, a whole thing. I, guess. I mean, it was like yeah. But I it's mean, forced. It's forced. Yeah. It's like I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't want to be looked down upon <laughs> in service today. <laughs> what does it mean on a bigger level? Like why we take communion? Is there something I think it's more to remember, existential about it? Yeah, I think it's to remember like what Christ did for us by dying. And if for we're sins. not doing it for other people, then we don't yeah. deserve to partake. Maybe. Yeah, something like that. I remember it being like a big deal that my mom would say that I shouldn't take communion if I hadn't like confessed my sins to God and like asked for forgiveness. Yeah. Like if my mom I would hadn't tell me done that. that that week, I should not go up and take communion. Yeah, my parents would be like, you should not take communion if you have, you know, basically like had a bad attitude all week and haven't apologized about it or made it right. Or like, if you haven't been living like Christ this week, how dare you take communion? Like, I was a teenager, like in a middle schooler, like I'm going to have a bad attitude. I don't know this part of You're going to have a bad attitude for the next five years, so. Right. (laughs) I'm going to have a bad attitude for the rest of my life. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, now we have bad attitudes about it for in general we have now trauma (laughs) and i really want to know why they don't see how that's like supposedly better or different than like satanic rituals yeah i don't know because it's like just as equally strange but i do have to say there were certain churches we visited that had some banging crackers and grape juice like that shit tasted (laughs) so good like i would be like drinking the communion grape juice like the leftover stuff afterwards Mm -hmm. That stuff was good. So good. I loved when, like, someone would bring the white grape juice for communion. 
Mm. White grape, white grape juice was the best. Yeah, that shit hit. And then, or they bring the little, um, they do the oyster crackers. And mm-hmm. uh, I loved the oyster crackers. <laughs> Love oyster crackers. And don't the Catholics use like actual wine? Yeah, they use actual wine, and they all sip out of the same and cup, it's which is shit wine. It's shit wine. They all drink out of the same cup, which is just nasty to me because ew. And then like the the bread, the body of Christ is like the most paper thin disgusting mm, wafer yeah. you'll ever have in your whole life and this man has touched it and he is putting it in your mouth and touching your tongue like it is so gross because he gives that you that is really strange to me we no. open our mouth to the guy you open your mouth and he puts it in and then you take it and then you drink the cup that he's holding and so it's everyone's backwash that was in the line before you that you're now taking and we're all one in Christ we're all one we also all have each other's backwash and saliva and germs inside of us now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing back those memories. <laughs> Communion is strange. That's our hot take. Hot take. Weird. Communion's fucking weird. <laughs> um, how about uh, Christian dating and marriage books? Ew. Why are you getting involved in my life? <laughs> uh, um, I think of Girl Defined with this, too. I, I think of Josh Harris because he literally, yeah. like, dictated my whole, like, what I expect now. Like, even though I'm unlearning, like, it's still so deeply ingrained. I, I've actually been really, I might go back and reread, like, When Boy Meets Girl and I Kiss Dating Goodbye just to see if some of the constructs that I have around dating and relationships and the expectations I have have something to do with those books because some shit's not computing and so I've been like curious about like hmm should I go back through and like read these and then I'm like I think I'm gonna be triggered um but yeah yeah, I I don't don't think I I could get through it did you read Captivating I think so I, I read Captivating. I Captivating was all about how to be like this amazing woman of God. So it was like the law of attraction mm-hmm. combined with I kiss dating goodbye terminology. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea was that you were going to become like the your best self and yeah. you were going to attract in this amazing man of God because you are an amazing woman of God. And that makes you captivating. It's all about attracting the man. Yeah. And keeping him. Um, but yeah, I feel like Christian dating and marriage books are all like the Christian dating books are like they're don't the have they're like don't have sex, and then the Christian marriage books are you better have sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's like why aren't you having sex? Like what's wrong with you? Your husband's unhappy. Blowjob. Like that's the marriage books. Mm-hmm. Christian marriage books. You better be giving your husband blowjobs. Oh, you don't like it? You feel like you don't want to have sex? Well, just kidding. Too you still have bad. to do it. Too bad. You still have to uh, have sex. Like you don't get a say because that is his body now. Hm. And didn't some of the uh, like dating Christian dating books have like a hundred questions to ask like each other? You know, like Some to get to did. know the person, like as you're getting married, and they're yeah, all just like, absolutely awful. Yeah, because you're courting, and according to me, like when to I see think if about a man of God, when I think about courting, I, I picture, and this is like I think from one of the Josh Harris books. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. Okay, don't come for me. Um, <laughs> where like they're sitting on the front porch, 
her and her man that she's courting and they're hanging out and talking and like one of the siblings is present because you're courting which means you can never actually right. be alone together because if you're alone together sexy things will happen and that's that's sinful which is super weird because then the only time you're alone together is like on your marriage night and like you've never done anything you've never done anything you've never talked probably about a lot of things because you wouldn't talk about like things you tell someone that you're getting really close to are completely different than what you would say to them when there are people around and i know christians are like but that's a good thing no it's not no, you know what i mean like deep 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 skeletons in that closet that probably should have come out before you committed your life to somebody exactly so then it's too late it's a strange sort of process on getting to know someone um yeah it's super weird and my mom actually told me some advice the other day (laughs) she's very like my my mother and father are like so much more like chill now um Mm -hmm. but she was listening to npr (laughs) And she, yeah, but there was like this dating expert who came on to NPR because like the dating world is so trash right now. And um, so she, this is what she told me the dating ex- expert said, you need to go on a minimum of 15 dates before sleeping with the person because then you'll know that they're not just in it for sex. And she's like, so I feel like all of your problems are you sleep with these guys way too soon. And I looked at her and I was like, I don't think that's the problem. <laughs> 15 dates is so many. That's like months. That's months. That's months. Because, like, what, you're seeing someone maybe once or twice a week, maybe once every two weeks, depending on your work schedules. Like. Yeah. I feel like seeing someone 15 times in two weeks would be a lot for just, like, you know, if you were to, like, try to condense it. It would just be a lot. I did that recently. Um, The last guy I dated, we, like, were speed dating, essentially, because he was about to move. So we did, like, Mm -hmm. five dates in one week. Is that a lot? Well, yeah, it triggered my abandonment complex. (laughs) Well, and just getting to know people is exhausting in general. It is exhausting. Um, I I think it also, it's like, yeah, 15 dates is a lot, but I I do feel like there's a little truth in that, but I didn't like how she was kind of like insinuating that my slut behavior was the reason why I cannot find a man. And I was like, that is not the reason. The reason is I keep dating men who are not looking for the kind of partnership I want right I keep going for the for people who can't give me it it was like insinuated it wasn't necessarily like a full-blown slut shame but she was like this is what the lady from NPR said maybe this is something and I'm like that's not helpful but thank you (laughs) I was like well mom did you ever weird that she wanted to like bring that up to you too I mean not entirely because we talk about my dating life a lot but she did. I did say, I was like, well, mom, what about like my, my pleasure? What if I want to have sex? Yeah. She's like, well, yeah, I guess. I, I didn't think about that one. Yeah. No one ever thinks about us in that capacity. That They're women could like, like possibly want it and desire it and be out looking for it. <laughs> How dare yeah, they? they? They don't. They're like, mm, you gave them sex too soon, didn't you? Mm-hmm. My mom, that used to be my mom's thing too. Yeah. Well, once you sleep with the man, then he has nothing to look forward to. Or he thinks that that's all you're good for. Well, guess what? Yeah. Maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I want it to be all I'm good for, Karen. <laughs> I definitely had a phase where it was the only thing I wanted to be good for. So, hey, 
And that was a fun you phase. Do, I had a, I had a lot of fun. Oh man, Good time. Phase. We're not fun. doing that anymore because chlamydia is running rampant in these streets and not showing up <laughs> on men's STI testing. So please wear chlamydia. a condom. <laughs> always, always, always. Okay, what's the next one? Um, wasn't that five? No, that was four. It was. Yeah. Oh. Um. What about the sinner's prayer? I feel like that one's not talked about enough. <laughs> the sinner's prayer. Um, was it the one? Um, would you remember the sinner's prayer? Hold on. Let me pull this up. See if I remember it. Uh, I don't know if the one I remember is the official one. Isn't there an official one? The sinner's prayer. Let me look it up. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. That's yeah. like a version it, of the sinner's prayer. It was all prayer. version of that. Yeah. yeah. Basically, the sinner's prayer states that you know you're a sinner. You're asking for forgiveness. You're basically saying, like, I believe that you did you died for my sins and mm-hmm. forgave me of all my sins and inviting I'm, them to come into your into body your and possess you. <laughs> right. Please come live inside my heart as the little man in my heart. Like that's literally what I would picture when I was a kid, mm-hmm. when someone would pray I, this I prayer. Felt, I felt like Jesus would like, not There'd Jesus, be. but like God, a spirit would come in and just be like, yeah, they're, they're like a little nuzzling. <laughs> in. There's like a little man in my heart, my heart now. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little house in there, a little yeah. like studio apartment or some shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man um i feel like the sinner's prayer is a little corny and i feel like it's a little weird that like it's we too l- simple too that we lead people through this and they like repeat after you and it was like always the goal on like short-term mission trips and all of this shit to like get somebody to pray the sinner's prayer and be like i led them through the prayer they accepted mm-hmm. jesus into their heart <sighs> Like, it's just weird. It's just fucking weird. Like, why can't we be original? Why do we have to, like, repeat the same thing? Like, people, come on. We have more creativity than this. Yeah. I mean, like, you better make sure you do it right, because if you miss a step, then you're not really saved. (laughs) Did you ever lead someone through the sinner's prayer? I don't remember. I blocked it out of my memory. I have have blacked out. I probably blacked out while I was doing it. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I, I did. I feel like I probably did too, but it, I don't remember it very much. Yeah, because no trauma. It was trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no. also, like, sinner's I do prayer. remember saying the sinner's prayer. I remember also saying the sinner's prayer and then, like, going to mom. I asked Jesus into my heart. I had no idea what the fuck that meant. No. I still don't know what it means. (laughs) Also, like, I remember being a kid and, like, my dad listened to a lot of, like, 80s classic rock. And, you know, the song about, like, the guy who sold his soul to the devil? Mm Mm-hmm. What what is that? Is that high? What what song is that where he sells his soul to the devil? I just remember listening to this song and being like, so he said the sinner's prayer, but to the devil. (laughs) So same, same. Yeah, except you actually get something from the devil generally when you sell your soul to the devil. Yeah. Like money or fame or something. And with Jesus, it's just like, I'm a piece of shit and I know I'm a piece of shit and now I'm going to go live like I'm a piece of shit. I'm going to go live my (laughs) life knowing I'm a piece of shit and feeling guilty about it for the entire time. That's like the difference there. At least with Satan, you get something out of it. Yeah. So we're going to all sell ourselves, sell our souls to the devil now. So, hail Satan. So, yeah. <laughs> hail Satan. Okay. Hail Satan. All right. So that was five. 
was. Do we have any on here that we just want to talk about? Yeah. Um, okay. So I have one. Um, Christians who message us and start their DM with, I'm sorry, religion was so bad for you, but that wasn't my experience. <laughs> Great. Nobody Good asked job. you. You get a cookie. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thank you for telling me how good religion was for you. Now go fuck off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Happy you had a normal, fairly normal childhood. I need, I need Apple and like, um, Android to create like the fuck you emoji. They do. They have it. Android does have a flip off, flip off, flipping off. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look for that. Middle finger. Cause like, that's definitely something I would like to start doing. (laughs) Can you get it even though you don't have Apple? I might be able to. I don't know. Yeah, I think we should just start responding with that. Yeah, just like great. (laughs) Great. Happy for you. Good job. Or that wasn't my experience. Or it's like, but that's not God. That's not not the God God. I know. That's not the God I know. God's not like that. Oh, do you know him? Do you know him personally? (laughs) And then they're like, as a matter of fact, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. pretty much it's like oh well you know i have a very close relationship with god it's like yeah so do i and he's a dick so <laughs> he's a narcissist the Bible. he's a narcissist he's kind of like um an abuser it's like oh where did i read this i read it somewhere the other day and it was like maybe it was a meme it was a meme actually that i saw that i want <laughs> that i'm planning on posting and i haven't yet but basically it's like when they're like oh the lord's testing you um, they were saying that's very like abusive like traits because like would if if your significant other quote like was testing you to see like your loyalty to them basically like abusing you to see if you would like like the story of Job basically I mean yeah all of that is weird abuse behavior but like mm-hmm. it, when it's God doing that it's like totally normal yeah okay what about um, New Testament Christians. Thoughts. Isn't that all Western Christianity? Cherry pickers. Cherry pickers. <laughs> That's literally all of Western Christianity. I don't think any of them use the Old Testament as a reference unless it's about homosexuality or the creation Abort. story. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Um, it- hot take. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like they have anything to stand on when they somehow say that the new Testament is the new word of God, but then they say the Bible is the inherent truth. Like, but we reject the old Testament one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like they're saying one thing, but then like doing the other, but when they say that the old Testament is just history and that the new Testament is more applicable. I'm like, how, It's like because Jesus came back and changed things. Aren't they both historical then? Honestly, I feel like it's a collection of myths and legends and some history. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was passed down orally for a long time. And then it was written. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, I, I look at the Bible now this kind of the same way that I would look at like, um, you know, like Greek mythology yeah, so do I. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. And I, I think it's kind of, you know, I think the story of Genesis is actually really beautiful if you look at it from that standpoint of, mm-hmm. like, Greek mythology. It's kind of cool. 
Um, when you look at it literally, you kind of seem like a psycho. Yeah. If you take that shit so literally. Um, mm-hmm. They also say, too, so that, like, strange. when Jesus came to Earth and died on the cross, he somehow, like, when he tore the curtain or whatever, when that happened. Oh, yeah, the curtain. Somehow the, the Old um, Testament was, like, undone, put on the shelf or whatever, and then the New Testament was now... I don't know. I've heard that too, but again, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me either. Because then why are we even reading the Old Testament? Yeah. At this point. So strange. So very, very Cherry. strange. Cherry picking. Cherry picking. Cherry pickers. <laughs> Paul. Fuck no. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Fuck that guy though, because he is the one that have given Christian white Christian men the audacity. <laughs> All the audacity. He um, gave the audacity. So uh, this book I'm reading about Mary Magdalene, she says something really interesting about Paul's later letters to the church, that they were actually written um, like 40 or 50 years after Paul died. So it wasn't Paul. No, it was people who were basically relating to Paul's previous teachings mm. and then using it to inspire new letters. Isn't there a book in the Bible that is supposedly written by Paul, but they don't actually know if it was the real Paul, too? Like, like Romans? I, look, may, I don't know if it was Romans. I don't know. I don't, I didn't, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll have to look it up. But I, I'm pretty sure that there's, like, a lot of that. There's a lot of, like, ghost writers yeah, tons in the of Bible. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it could have yeah. just been an average Joe with an opinion. I think that's uh, most of the people who wrote the Bible were average Joes with opinions and stories. No, Molly, it was the word of God. It was (laughs) God giving the words to these average Joes for us. Yes. Okay, Rachel. To just think is so strange. Do you want another hot take? Yeah. Door-to-door evangelism. (laughs) (laughs) So let's teach on! door-to-door evangelism they knock i look out my window i go to the other side of my house and pretend i'm not home (laughs) i lock the door um how is it different than uh door-to-door salesman yeah i I think you're still selling something yeah so if you have no solicitors if you have that sign out there that means you too also like i don't know who sold my data to the um the jehovah's witnesses in my area but I keep getting handwritten, personalized letters. Dear Molly, like, they know my fucking name. Sent to my house. Jehovah's Witnesses basically telling me how great their God is and how they're praying for me. And um, I get at least, like, one or two every couple of months. And we have a new church in town, like, a new pastor. Mm. And he has started... Well, there's this church is very old, but there's a new pastor in town. And I walk past it every single day. I've smoked weed on the steps, ate an ice cream on the steps. Like, this Brilliant. church is, like... Yeah, it's a great place to, like, hang out when there's no church happening. Um, but anyway, this new pastor has been putting, like, flyers mm-hmm. and stuff in everyone's mailbox in the whole neighborhood. And I keep getting flyers for, like, their event nights. And they had one, I think I sent you (laughs) the picture of it. It was about their rapture. (laughs) Yeah, Revelation. It was a revelation. It looked like a movie poster. Yeah, Discover Revelation. Your life is about to change forever. Begins Friday. I thought that's what you sent me. October 7th, Louisville, Kentucky. 
free admission. Look inside. And it's got like this big old lion with some wings and Jesus is on a horse with a crossbow. Got a lot of <laughs> lions and tigers and bears. <laughs> Lots of lions and Why tigers and bears. Why is there a bear, bear in there? There's a it's... cheetah. What else is a on Roman? Here? There's a there's Roman. There's a Roman. In there. There's like two Romans on horses. Ooh, there's like the Grim Reaper is on a horse too. Okay. I think it's Aren't funny they just kind of stealing? I think it's funny that Jesus has like a bow and arrow. Like that's his weapon of choice. He's like Cadmus Everdeen <laughs> on that Jesus horse. Jesus would choose a bow and arrow as his weapon of choice. I feel like that's that fits his vibe. <laughs> He's like, uh, God's like, here's a sword. And he's like, no, no, I've got my bow. Yeah. I think, I, I straight up think that um, people who go. do door to, like churches that do door to door evangelism and stuff have realized that now in this day of age, like millennials and Gen Z do not open, open their open doors the door. unless they've received a text saying, hey, I'm coming over. So they no or longer. It's food. Right. Or it's food. <laughs> so they'll straight up just like leave shit in my mailbox now and buy my data. I don't like the buy the data part, but I'm glad that they don't harass you at the door. Yeah. I think the age of traveling salesmen is coming to an end, even though I have gotten a lot at this house as well. Um, weird. Be careful scams, because mm-hmm. that would happen in Chicago. I never buy anything. Yeah, it, it happened in Chicago a couple times where people would like try to sell stuff. And I'm like, so it's a scam because the Internet exists. And I know this is a scam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, try harder. Or you like. Or selling Amway, which is also a scam because MLM, okay? It's a cult. <laughs> it's ooh, a cult. Ooh, I have one that's not on this list. Christians who get into MLMs. <laughs> like, how many Christian women do we know who all had, like, like doTERRA and Young Living essential oils had them in a chokehold? <laughs> they do. They do. And they think they're businesswomen. And I love it. It's so funny. Or Mary Kay. All of the Christian oh, women in Mary God. Kay. Because Mary Kay is a Christian organization. It is. And if you sell enough, I you'll get a pink that. car. Yeah. Yeah. They always are like, oh, but the car. Um, That oils and. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Oils, Mary Kay. Um, I, if there was always like. Uh, Beachbody was one. I saw a lot of Christian girls get involved with and be like, I yes, am I going to honor my temple. Friends. I'm going to honor my temple, my body, by getting in shape. Join this challenge. You're also going to get like, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there's my pastor's daughter um, <laughs> got into Beachbody and she roped me into it in 2014 <laughs> confession oh no. moment yeah so Cringe. i got into yeah i got into beach body i had a moment i've since deleted all the posts um but i had a moment with beach body and her and like this was i wasn't really like a practicing christian at this point but like i still was like saying i was a christian and identifying with it and feeling like that was still what i believed um even though i wasn't like active in any church community or anything at the time Oh, that's always um, the first step. So she like got me into Beachbody and then we were doing these like 21 day challenges on Facebook, like hosted on a Facebook group. And what she did was she wanted to like work God into it. And so we all got these like this study guide, like book that was basically like a Bible study companion to the workouts. It was very cringe. So would you do it and then work out? Well, you would, like, work out, and you would, like, log your workouts, and then you would, like, read the book, and then, like, that was part of the discussion. 
and the book was all about like having like a clean diet and like a healthy body to honor God. Interesting. Yeah. It was rough. I, uh, since quit, have quit Beachbody. I only did it for like three months and then realized it was draining my bank account. Yeah. Because it does that. And I was like, I can't afford this. This is very you expensive. you ever see results? I mean, my, yeah, because I, I did a really cool training program and I had all the equipment to do it. And so I like actually like got my body together and like looked really fucking good. And then um, I recruited a bunch of girls to be in our like the first like I think I did like two 21 day challenges um, and I recruited a bunch of people to do it, but it was like free. And so they get like 30 days free of access to like Beachbody on demand. And uh, after that, they are going to get charged for the year and every single one of them canceled it. So mm-hmm. we didn't make any commission. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like so much fucking work Can't and it's all surprised. of the messages it's so cringy because there were so many hey girl I yes. <laughs> hey girl, hey girl. <laughs> hey girl so I'm like doing this I thing and I think you really love it oh god oh I'm so glad messaging me I'm so glad you didn't like really know me back then <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad like nobody that knows me now knew me back then because I was yeah. cringy I like think about it like who I am now and like I'm kind of a really cool person and I have a really cool circle of friends and acquaintances and people I hang out with and I have some really cool hobbies and shit that I do and like people have a very like good impression they're like man we like Molly Molly's cool Molly's a vibe Molly you know we like her she's not from here you know all this shit right and it's like okay yeah I've got this great persona going on if you had met me when I was 15 oh god major cringe I um recently was sent a bunch of photos from like uh we used to do this thing called backyard bible club oh my Um, god we did backyard bible club yeah stop so my friend that I'm still (laughs) friends with now and we both are in you know the you know Christian faith anymore but she like sent me all these old photos and it was so cringy looking at all of them and just like realizing that time in my life and like we were practicing skits to do Mm -hmm. for like backyard bible club to Mm -hmm. like you know try all the neighborhood kids get all these neighborhood kids to like believe in god and like we just thought we were doing the coolest thing and it actually was a fun time in my life because we just got to hang out with like friends yeah and like it was games and there was games and there was always like snacks yeah Backyard so, Bible like, Club it, was the shit. Like, it was way it more was. fun than VBS. I way preferred it to VBS. Yes. Yes. It was just kind of like a collaborative, like, get to hang out with your friends type thing. Did you, wait, um, did you, did you have, like, a curriculum that you loosely followed? Because I feel like Backyard Bible Club was, like, a brand. It was a company. I It was focused on the family I made it. I think we did. Yeah. Look this up right now. I'm going to Google Backyard. Because when you like said that, did. I'm like, I know we did that. I feel like this is just a thing that a lot of people have used because I'm pulling it up and it's like host a backyard Bible club. And it's like all of these different like worksheets and stuff. What's the 2022 VBS theme? I don't care. Basically, Backyard Bible Club was, like, a whole concept of, like, getting, like, tweens and teens to take some ownership and leadership 
and recruit all of their neighborhood friends to come over. And the whole idea was like, we're going to play capture the flag and Red Rover and soccer and we're going to have a really fun time. And then we're all going to sit down on the grass after we're done playing our games and we're going to do some skits and there might be some fun songs and then there'll be snacks. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember making like the WWJD like beaded bracelets and Backyard Bible Club. We would have like a craft that we did. Yeah. It was always like very Christian very Christian, very Bible oriented, all of that. Yeah. Met a lot of really fun kids, like had a great time. Um, being picked last for Red Rover all the time was like a little <laughs> traumatizing, but I got over it, I think. <laughs> being picked last is always traumatizing. <laughs> I think I got over it, I think. <laughs> I may have a complex. Yeah. <laughs> a participation oh, complex. Backyard Bubble Club. Just one more, a fun way to evangelize people. Yes. It's like literally like street evangelism if you live in a (laughs) cul-de-sac. Yep. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, my parents hosted it once or twice too. So that was fun. Yeah. I'm like good on like not making my future children do shit like that. (laughs) Same. I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. Yeah. We were very passionate about it, though. Like We were. Backyard. We were passionate about all of that stuff. One, because I yeah. think we were brainwashed. But two, I, I really think we believed in it until we didn't yeah. anymore. Yeah. Until Absolutely. we realized we were brainwashed. And we were like, this is... We also started getting educated, I feel like. Yeah, I think it was the education factor. When I started learning about the brain and neuroscience, that's when shit started changing for me. Mm-hmm. And I started learning about, like... The fact that, like, because Christianity basically dismisses science, that I was not able to access certain preventative tools to work with my brain in a more healthy way. And instead, it was made to feel, like, very, very guilty and shit over things I couldn't control, like ADHD mm-hmm. and the symptoms that come up with that. So... I feel like if I had been given those tools earlier on in life, like, oh, hey, like you have a child, like having a child therapist, like going to therapy, like the fact that (laughs) we didn't go to therapy because we would just talk to the pastor. (laughs) I can't even get started on that. That was my mom would always just be like, oh, let's let's talk to, you know, the pastor because like he can really help you with this and stuff. And I'm like, he's just he doesn't have a psychology degree. Yeah. One of my friends, she's like really involved in her church quite heavily. And um, she's starting to like the more she spends time with me, she's kind of starting to realize that she needs serious help and that the church is not going to be able to give her the help that she needs and the support that she needs. Um, And she did not know that there was any other kind of therapy outside of church counseling. I do remember you saying that. Yeah. And I was like, "Um, girl, have you ever like considered maybe seeing a real psychotherapist, like maybe someone who's like trauma informed? who can like help you work through this and not shame you and and someone who's and not I'll tell you that have you talked to Jesus about this and you well, know this is the worst part their church is like a small it, I was I don't know how many people there are in the church the more she describes it I don't think it's a mega church I think it's like a smaller church group but essentially whenever she's gone to like Christian counseling or whatever like counseling with the church or with the pastor it's always mm-hmm. you go to the pastor, you go to like someone he's appointed to do this counseling. They all hang out together and they all gossip and they all take sides. And it's like 
the most trashy thing. Like there was recently a conflict that she had had with somebody she goes to church with and she gets this cryptic text basically being like, you have a meeting with the pastor and this person you've had a problem with on this day at this time, you better be there. So she goes to the meeting completely unprepared, not knowing what the fuck she's getting herself into. She sits down and then I'm like, so what was the meeting like? And she goes, Molly, basically this girl and the pastor are like in a clique and they're like really close. And because I'm not in the clique, she's like, this man just took sides with her, asked her how she was doing, asked for her side of the story. I didn't get to share anything. And then he sided with her and told me that I need to get, get it together, that I need to change my ways. And I was like, I was like, so how did you feel? And she's like, I felt like absolute shit. And I felt like a crazy person. And and the thing is, the conflict was the stupidest thing. Essentially, I'll just like give a little detail. So the girl she had conflict with was her like personal trainer for a while that she had met like at her church. And I guess this girl like uses her church to find clients. Mm-hmm. And then she decided she was done training and didn't want to train anymore and wanted to like put her money towards something else. And so she told the girl, hey, I don't want to train anymore. Um, so I'm going to stop training with you. And the girl like turned into this giant issue. And now she's like going to church and getting cold shoulders from people. Like who knows what this girl has said? Like the yeah. most wild shit. And I looked at her and I was like, this is a cult. Church is such a breeding ground for gossip though. I mean, everyone it like, f- like Gossipy. frames it as like they're helping, but yeah. they're not. They're not they'll be like, oh, well I just, I told her so she can pray for her. Okay, well, you just actually went to gossip, but pastor's wives are great at it. They're like the best at it. Very good at gossiping and sharing everybody's information. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I was really blessed. um, Like, we did gossip within the family. We didn't really gossip outside of, like, we would gossip about people that we went to church with, but, like, only within our family unit. That didn't really ever leave our family unit. Was it shitty? Yes. I regret it. However, like, thankfully we weren't but spreading still, yeah, that. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah. And then I feel like I was very lucky with the other church I was involved in because, like, the pastor's wife was, like, a very, like, quiet, introverted woman who really just was just there because her husband was the pastor. So she wasn't very involved, very chill, and, like, no drama. So it was great. Like, we were very lucky. Now, there were drama people in the church, though. Like, there always are. There's always drama people. There's always a busybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Always a busybody. But this was fun. A little this hot take fun. episode. Love yeah. giving my opinion. Thank you. Yes. We love it. We love it. My dog is giving his opinion right now. He would like yeah, to leave the bedroom. So I need to hop off. All right. Oh, we're doing, we have an announcement. Um, we're doing another another Thirsty Thursday on the 13th of October. Um, what it would be at 8 p.m. Central, mm-hmm. 5 yeah, p.m. We'll Pacific, again. 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, no, so if you 6 guys just Pacific. Oh, yeah, 6 p.m. Pacific. So if you guys just like can't get enough of us and want to hang out with us live, <laughs> we'll be on Instagram getting shoisted, talking about something. <laughs> giving our hot takes <laughs> talking about something <laughs> something we are mad about um, last time was so fun I was not drinking I was smoking and I got so high I could not read 
or see the screen and my eyes were like little slits. <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah. The whole thing was really fun. It was ridiculous. We enjoyed it. So we're going to do it again. Yes. Whether you want to be there or not, we will do it again. <laughs> we'll be there doing it anyway. <laughs> and we always save the recording and it lives for forever on our Instagram account. So if you want to go mm-hmm. back and watch last time, like this last month, it was September's uh, Thirsty Thursday. It's on there. It was a blast. Go laugh with us. Um, and then tune in next week on the 13th. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. We will see you then. <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cheers to Leaving. Sound and editing by Cameron Smith. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe and share with your friends and others who are deconstructing. Are you looking for a safe space to deconstruct and be in community with others who are also in the same process? Join our Facebook support group. Just answer the questions when you request to join. Be a part of the conversation, meet like-minded individuals, and get some support. Find the link in our show notes or search for Cheers to Leaving support group on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at Cheers to Leaving. Email us at cheers to leaving at gmail.com with your stories about leaving evangelicalism. See you next week.